There is only one place you guys can get a true Colorado mountain pie, and guess what? It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint. Do you guys know? Bojo's, Bojo's. baby. There we go. <laughs> My favorite part about Bojo's at the moment is the fact that they're giving the DNVR family a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. Their regular honey bread crust is amazing. I can't even imagine what that is going to taste like with cheese. So head over to your nearest location, grab an entree and your free honey cheese bread when you mention DNVR, and let us know what it tastes like. Also, Allie can't have cheese, so laugh at her for that. So literally, you, you'll have to let her know what it tastes yeah, like, yeah. like in deep Let's detail. Let's not laugh at me because I, it's not a choice. Um, <laughs> it's something I can't like control. This. Because of me not being able to eat cheese, I know that Bojo's has options for everyone, gluten-free, vegan, um, and cheeseless pizza. I love the cheeseless pizza I get from there. So be sure to check out Bojo's at Bojo's.com and tell them who sent you. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, Goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. Got it. Oh, man. That's from way downtown. And the Blue Arrow is flying to Pepsi Center. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. We are all, not all, most of us are drinking a nice Mile High City copper lager. Uh, Breck they know their... who's drinking it. It's Rudo and Drew. They yeah, know. Drudo. Drudo. There hey, it is. Hey. There you go. Now we have our celebrity couple name. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Nice. Oh. Beautiful sound. Your drinking it? buddy's name. <laughs> We love go. Breckenridge Brewery for their beer, for the way they help out in the community. And I just want to give a shout out to them because I recently saw that one of the events that they were doing was uh, speaking of hashtag girl dads and all of that recently. They did an event where they brought dads out to drink some beer and taught them how to braid their daughter's hair and just fix them up in that's the morning. So cool. And I think that's just so sweet and cool and just shows one of the other reasons that we love Breck, besides just their beer, they're really about culture and community, and that's what we are here at DNVR as well. So just want to give a shout-out on that from that event that I saw. we got to start off talking about Steve Atwater, who Let's go. is finally in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's Hall of Fame season, baby. It's it been a is good Hall of Fame season. Colorado Hall of Fame is doing well. We got Larry Walker two weeks ago. Now, finally, Steve Atwater. Ryan, I'm just going to let you take this away as, you, as you're as you excited about this, clearly, with your a lot of O's. This, this was so overdue. Um, Steve Atwater is one of the best safeties in the history of the NFL. The story that I've told on Twitter that I'll tell again here is I was at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony last year when Pat Bolin – uh, and Champ Bailey, of course, went in, and Ed Reed was part of that class. And Ed Reed was walking uh, through Canton that week, and it's kind of weird when you're in Canton because you're just, like, within an arm's length of all these people. 
and someone just yelled out like um ed reed the hardest hitting safety in the history of the league he stopped him and said no that's steve atwater so that's that's ed reed who might be one of the greatest safety ever you know giving real props to steve atwater here ed reed also once said when he got inducted i wish i could give my induction to steve atwater that's really cool um so this is a guy who is so unbelievable when you now see him in person he's like adam size oh really and he played defensive back in the nfl um you know it's it's like a freak of nature type of thing that you see in the nba these days it's like how can lebron move like a that? true specimen if right he was built like me yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> amazing very impressive really. uh, but like a guy that tall he was you know six four six five um 220 plus pounds in the nfl back there roaming around as a safety it's just you don't see that in today's day and age he'd be probably be an edge rusher up on the line Mm -hmm. and he's he was back there just laying the wood but also really underrated in coverage so it's something that has been very personal to broncos country and i'm really really happy for everyone that he got in and and the other part of this i think the reason why it became so personal is because of the person that Steve Atwater is um, like, I'm not exaggerating when I say he might be the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. And uh, he's just one of those people when, when you're talking to him, he makes you feel really important. Uh, He, you know, he, he's fully attentive to everything you're saying. Uh, And I told the story on the DNVR Broncos podcast today, but like the first day he started working for the Broncos, I was like awestruck, like fanboy status. And I called my mom and was like, I, I like met Steve Atwater today. And then the next day he knew my name. And I was just like, man, that's so cool. Like, And that's how he is with everyone. I also met him. Um, and the next day he was like, Allie, how's it going? How have you been? And like brought up something that we talked about in another conversation. But I'm just like, how does how does Steve Atwater remember that? He probably meets so many people and he's just such a personable dude, such a great guy. And it's just like you said, he was a great football player and also an incredible person just makes it even better. That just made it so easy for everyone to champion his cause, you know? And so, um, which is such a funny like dynamic and dichotomy. Cause I just remember as a kid, like being frightened of him. <laughs> really? When you're, I mean, yeah, he hit people so oh, damn yeah. hard. Like I literally, and there was I remember one particular. Uh, I'm sure Ryan remembers it better than I do. But there was um, a Super Bowl where he like hit his own defender almost as hard as he hit the receiver on the play. Yep, it was the Super Bowl 32, third down before the play that clinched the Super Bowl. And he just he just killed everybody in a three foot radius like that. It wasn't, and I was just like, I would be. If there's and and I was getting into playing football at the time, and and it was very clear if there's one person you don't want to get hit by, it's this guy. So you would think he was a stone cold killer, just this like brutal, mean guy off the field everywhere. And then when you learn that he's not, you're like, that's even cooler. Like, so I know we've got um, people who listen to this podcast who maybe don't know the Broncos as well as most. So during Steve Atwater's 11-year career, he made eight Pro Bowls, earned two first-team All-Pro nods, and appeared in three Super Bowls. He has a lot more fancy stats, but those are just a little to get you introduced. And up until Saturday, there were um, 24 players in the history of football who had made eight Pro Bowls or made the Pro Bowl in 80% of their years and played in three Super Bowls. All of them were in 
except for Steve Atwater and three guys who weren't eligible for the Hall of Fame yet. So it was like it was it was time. It finally happened, and now we can all rest. Easy. Why did it take so long? Because the Broncos are criminally under-respected in the in the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, we talked about huh, this weird. a few podcasts that sounds familiar. ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's like crazy because with the Rockies, it's like, okay, well, they've never been that relevant, right? It's, right. it's just this sad truth. Right. The Broncos have won the Super Bowl many times. Right. I've been alive for them. <laughs> right. The Broncos have, have been a historically great franchise since Pat Bowen bought them, really. Right. And so uh, the fact that they're so underrepresented is is crazy to me but we're finally getting some momentum here we now have four in the last four years uh that peyton manning will be going in next year that'll be five in the last five years you know it's it's starting to build up they're starting to get respect and i think a lot of it has to do with the social media age i mean you saw the way it affected larry walker's chances you know when you get so many people behind it championing a cause uh steve atwater joins the broncos in a media role he's you know on twitter and on social media people are seeing his face and kind of reminding him uh, of who he was he's on the radio literally doing interviews of hall of fame voters you know so i think in in today's age where everything is so connected um it re- it's really starting to help the broncos get more representation it's, it's crazy how denver has become the little sports city that could kind <laughs> of in especially in the twitter era or whatever you want to call it because there is a everyone knows the coasts right you have san francisco you have new york those teams get a ton of respect nationwide, and Denver has kind of been this city in the middle. You ask people on the East Coast, they don't even know we're in the mountain time zone some of the time. And What? Right. It's the state there's you think a, of for mountains. No? There's a lot of dumb people. People just don't think of Colorado uh, in general. Or they think I, it snows all the time. Right. Or like, oh, isn't it cold there all the time? That was like, a big debate no. yesterday with the Super Bowl because yesterday it was 70 degrees, but then look outside yeah, today, yeah, okay, guys, today's, and it is today's snowing not the best in day. 21 it's degrees. Cold. <laughs> so it really depends. It gets but, out there. But, yeah, it's, it's just awesome to see the city that I've grown up around and spent my entire life in getting some of the sports respect that I think it's deserved. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's great to see Steven there. Next up is Randy Gratishar. There's guys like Carl Mecklenburg and then even guys further down the pole like Tom Nalen, who deserve consideration, but are kind of an afterthought right now. So and we didn't have much time to talk about it because obviously Larry Walker was story one, two, three, four and five. But that night, uh, Todd Helton also got pretty close to 30 percent on just his second ballot, which is extraordinary news. That means that he, he probably won't even take till the 10th ballot to get Todd Helton in. And Walker getting in sort of breaks the dam and allows people to open up about the Coors Field conversation a little bit. So I think uh, Todd Helton will be in in the next four or five years, and that'll be really fun. I played first base growing up, so I love Todd Helton (laughs) way too much. (laughs) There's no too much with Todd. I tried to learn how to hit lefty just because of Todd (laughs) Helton. Grow the beard, big step, the whole thing. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying (laughs) to this day. I always think, going back to Steve Atwater, I always think of him paired with Dennis Smith for some reason in my head they're just like Mm. they're just paired together and both of them I remember hitting people harder than anybody else it was like a duo of bone crushers yeah it's funny because we glorify that so much in retrospect yeah and now like as I was saying this morning on our podcast I'm like if Steve Atwater if last night what happened what Steve Atwater did on the second to last important play Mm -hmm. of that Green Bay game people would be like this guy should be suspended to start the season like he knocked out himself (laughs) <laughs> a Packer 
and another Bronco. <laughs> Everyone it, gots to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I can't remember if it's uh, Ray Crockett or, Ray Crockett or Tyron Braxton. But it looks like he just witnessed like a murder. <laughs> he, there's just like a pile of bodies, and he's just like, uh, "I think we need some we need help." help. <laughs> but Steve tells the story. Uh, at, you know, he walked off the play uh, off the field after that play, and he was so dazed that the very next play, Yikes. the Broncos get the stop on fourth down. They're going to be able to kneel it out to win the Super Bowl, and he doesn't even know it first. No. He's just like, "Oh no!" Sees everyone on the sideline celebrating. He's like. Did oh, we just win the Super this Bowl? This is a bad story. That's I don't like this story oh, at all. Nice. I don't like it. You're right, though, because think oh. about it. Like, this story we all laugh at 20 years ago. Like, oh, <laughs> and now it's oh, like he laughs about days. it when he tells it. Yeah. Oh, I don't and like it, that story. And if he's okay now, but it is it's one of those, like, it was a car crash. Like, if you ever go back and watch the beginning, like, the opening for all the Madden games, like, from 1998 oh, yeah. to 2003. Or NHL hits. Oh, yeah. NFL but, Blitz was yeah. very much a thing. It's just, like, guys getting crushed. And now we're like, ooh. And then um, we are doing movie week here at DNVR. Looking, obviously, this is an over-exaggeration, but looking, looking at Waterboy and... And what he does, he's right. just destroying dudes. Yeah, what's your job? I just crush people. Or like a really exactly. high seed, like Goon is a great yes. hockey movie about a guy who's not particularly good at hockey. The he scene where he lies down on the goal line is oh, just... just takes the puck right to Yeah, the... like four times in a row, people are stepping on him with his skates. Oh, it's brutal. It's an all-time scene of just making fun of like how harsh a reality sports can actually be. Yeah, it's crazy. So... Um, it's, it's awesome for Steve. It is crazy to think like he couldn't have played that way in today's day and age. And he wouldn't, he's too big to play safety. Like it's just the, it's, it's an interesting look at how much the game has changed in just 20 years. Yeah. Um, do you think so? Steve Atwater is now the second Broncos defender to be in the pro football hall of fame. Do you think champ Bailey, um, definitely helped out with that starting that trend kind of like we're talking about with Larry Walker and that? I don't know. Um, it is the Broncos are, like historically have been known more for their defense yeah. than their offense, and yet in last year Champ was the first one to ever get in. Um, normally, what affects defenders, which you think would affect, I don't know, offense maybe even more, but is guys not having Super Bowls. Champ's, Champ didn't have a Super Bowl; was a first round ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer. Steve has two, so it's like there is no argument against his candidacy. Candidacy. Well, let me get us back on track. On You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. I'm super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it it is not what you think it is. <laughs> Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable <laughs> local partner for your long-term projects, and unfortunately, we look outside the window, and... It's that time. Snow is here. You need the snow plow. You need custom a snow fit. plow. You need some custom rubber. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most slow snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specification. Remember, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all. And be sure to tell them today or call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR and tell them who sent you. They custom make it all. I mean... It could be what you think it is if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, Actually, it could be whatever you want. 
Maybe what I think is cool is we actually get reviews from all of our sponsors. Like, you know, Breck is the big one because everybody takes a picture of the Breck one. But even Denver Rubber Company, we get people that go there and send reviews because they got that they're snow plows. I think that's so cool. Yeah, which awesome. is crazy. But yet thanks it works. So thanks yeah. to our supporters yeah. for using our sponsors. Um, let's talk about the Nuggets, who mm. had probably yeah. their – Greatest game of the season on Friday, oh, yeah. beating the Milwaukee so Bucks. <laughs> not even 24 hours after beating the Jazz with four key players out. Yeah. What did you think of that game, Adam? It wasn't just that. I want to set the stage here. The month of January was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. 16 games, 10 of them on the road, four sets of back-to-backs, and then a fifth one that led into February. Or I guess the, the February one wasn't technically a back-to-back. It was like... 28 hours apart oh. weren't, but yeah weren't three of those back-to-backs like in a row as in well? a row three yes. so the, the schedule honestly and i think it's not a coincidence that denver lost all these players during this month because you it play guys sense. run them into the ground they're gonna get hurt right but the nuggets this last week they went two and two and it was like the most inspiring two and two <laughs> like you could possibly <laughs> think. like it's this is like we're talking about good sports movies sometimes the original rocky he doesn't win but he goes the tape right he goes the distance and yep. it's like oh that's that's inspiring that he was able to take that's what this nuggets team was they just kept taking punches for the whole month of january half of them went down and then they go and get their best win of the season at home against utah on thursday night just a gritty performance Jokic, i thought absolutely incredible brilliant in that game then the very next night you don't even get 20 it wasn't 24 hours it was, it was less than 24 it was hours. 20 hours from final buzzer to opening tip with travel in between and they go and play the best team in the NBA, best record in the NBA, and they get that win. It was just – this was an incredible week for the Denver Nuggets. Such a – this team, they're a finesse team. Jokic is a finesse player. And I think anytime you get a European finesse player, you think, oh, soft or what is That team – Guts all over the floor that yeah, week yeah, for the yeah, Denver Nuggets. All over the floor. So yeah. much guts. I mean, the Nuggets didn't even arrive to Milwaukee until 4 a.m. that day. And during that Utah Jazz game, it was a nationally televised game. Charles Barkley said, I told y'all, Denver what a is fool. not for real. How do you guys feel about those comments? Kind I of take back all the nice these things Colorado about him being on SNL that I said in the other thing. I take it all back, Chuck. You're terrible. Having these Colorado teams be underrepresented and just national I mean, media doesn't even the appreciate The instant them. karma of the Nuggets coming out in that second half and just stomping. Wrong. And Jokic yeah. in particular, too, because it was Jokic has been very disappointing this year, which is, like, <laughs> false, but whatever. <laughs> I've de- you said something maybe the first week of the season, and you were like, all the narratives get formed in the first month. Yes, exactly. And it, I've, I never thought of it until you it's said that, love. and it is so true. Yep. Whatever the national media thought about a player 15 games into the season, it's done. It just that, that's the way it is until maybe the very end. You know, if Jokic balls out in the last 10 games of the season or whatever, when people start paying attention again, maybe he turns it around. But that thing sticks to you. And people haven't even bothered to notice that he's absolutely dominating. Just Can we also the d- just do a little bit of hindsight here? Jokic was a little overweight. There's no question about it. He did look a little, you know, not himself. But Nug- why? The Nuggets were 13 and three. Right to start, <laughs> he was in a slump and struggling. They had the best start through like <laughs> the 40 games. So he's the yes, leader of the team. So yes, Jokic started off a little slow. As your po- uh, to your point, 10, 15 games. He was the B version of not even the C or D. He was the B version of himself, but the Nuggets were awesome, so it was like, who cares? Now, all those guys have gone down, and thank God he coasted that first month of the season <laughs> because 
he now has we, to carry this team for 16 straight games, and he has. They went. They had 16 games with that brutal schedule, and they go 11 and five down all those starters. How many players yep. in the NBA could play 16 games in a single month? That's more than every other day in a month with travel. Most of those on the road with right. travel in between. How many teams could do, or how many players in the NBA could do that? Down three starters plus your backup. So you had to play like 35, 36 minutes. How many t uh, players could do that and, and come out 11 and 5? I would say three or four at best. Now, to yep. be fair, when your backups are MPJ and Jeremy Grant it's and things like team. that. It's a deep team. Oh, well, well, uh, MPJ also missed some time and yeah. was also like sure, short, short some minutes. So, sure, but. so sort of, yes, those guys are good. And Denver does, to your point, they do have Malik Beasley off of the bench. Doesn't matter. You're missing Jamal Murray, your second yeah. leading scorer. You're missing Gary Harris, one of your better perim perimeter defenders. You're missing Mason Plumley, who's a huge piece of it, and MPJ for part of that. And Paul Millsap, who's Paul maybe the most consistent player on the who team. Is yeah. probably, yeah. probably the reason your that their third. defense has Easily. struggled so much yeah. is the fact that Paul Millsap haven't hasn't been on the court. But with that, like Rudo was saying, we have had a chance to see a lot of these younger players now that because of these injuries, PJ Dozier being one of them, and he's getting more minutes. Malik Beasley, who rarely had any minutes at all at the beginning of the season, now showing why he's important. And the main thing I think I've seen on Twitter is fans are finally appreciating Mason Plumley for what he brings to the Nuggets now that he's gone. Being like, oh, that's mm. why you Hashtag keep someone like Mason. What do we Mason call our, What do we call ourselves? What are our, What do Plum? Little fans? Plums. Little Plums. Hashtag <laughs> I'm Team Little Plum. Plum not, fairies. Wow. Plum fairies. <laughs> I'm all on board. Like fairies? I'm not the captain. I'm sure there are people on Nuggets Twitter who are our captains of Team Plum Fairy. Uh, like uh, I'm just. I just want to be on the. I just want to submit there, there's my There's been a lot of hate, but the people are coming around. I feel the like Plum Dog Pound. I. Uh, uh, we gotta keep workshopping this. <laughs> plum Dog Millionaire. I feel like let's go with sugar. <laughs> Sugar plum fairies. Yeah. Um, you no, know, he's. I mean, all these guys, uh, you know, have contributed to this team for a long time, and I think you obviously see, you know, that there's something to that. Like, yeah, when you don't have Jamal Murray, you're like, oh yeah, I know he does some dumb stuff, but it, it's nice having him around. But the flip side of that is they went 11 and five, and I do think there's something too. The Nuggets were short two thirds of their salary. Jamal, Mur it, you know, you think about it, Gary yeah. Harris makes a ton of money. Paul Millsap makes 30 million a year. Mason Plumlee makes 14. All those guys get paid a lot, and you lose them, and you don't really miss a step. You actually have almost the exact same record. It does, at least in my mind, yes, I do think those guys are really good. It does make you wonder what's really important on this team, and, and it maybe even makes you think differently about sort of the long-term future and what where Denver can spend their money. So you have all this depth. The trade deadline approaches. Is there a need there at all, or are the, are the Nuggets rather content? I think for the Nuggets, it's, it's a really tough question. But the thing about the Nuggets is they do have all this depth, and it's great. But the trade deadline is one of the best times, one, to shore up a weakness that you have in your roster. Denver has some. They could use more shooting. They could use a long defender, you know, like an Iguodala type. Even if it's not him, they could – Robert Covington, maybe something like that. But more importantly, this is one of two real opportunities for you to structure your team going forward. There's three agency period in July, and there's the trade deadline. Right. And I think part of the question isn't just what does Denver need for this playoff run, but is this our best opportunity to move on from somebody that might be harder to move on from this summer, a la a Gary Harris, perhaps? Um, Malik Beasley, who might be out the door anyway. You might lose him. This might be your best chance. So Denver has some real questions that I think – there's what makes them best in the playoffs this year versus what's going to give them the best chance over three, four years. Or looking at creating a window to win. And in the case of Gary Harris, you look at it and say, okay, he wasn't there. 
they might have been a little bit better. It was him specifically, he's been such a slump now for a season and a half. You might look at it and go, not just could we do without him, but is it better if we do without him and bring and have Malik Beasley step into a bigger role? The when fans have definitely been upset, and I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, is this the same Will Barton haters who when a player's mm, down yeah. and struggling that you really go after him? But Gary Harris has definitely been a big topic of conversation. He missed that Milwaukee Bucks game because um, he was at the birth of his son. And then against the Pistons where Denver lost in overtime, he ended up only having three points. Yeah, and he played almost the entire game. Almost <laughs> played, the entire so game. There's really something to it. And look, a guy that misses that much time, I'm, I'm, I'll give him a, a, a little leeway. 31 minutes, three points. And it was a minus 17, a team worst minus Ooh. 17 minus in, a, in 17. a game that went to overtime. So, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a bad performance from him, and, and it was stark contrast to the games before when he wasn't there. But for me, it all comes – I think Gary Harris is a great dude. He was the first – we talk about this Nuggets rebuild. He was the first one here, 2014. He's an important piece, I think, just for the continuity. And once you trade one guy, Denver hasn't done this. They haven't broken the dam. Once you trade the one guy, that whole talk about family and this or that, it just it takes a little hit because it's like, well, Gary Harris sacrificed everything or whatever. <laughs> the one thing I'll say, though, if you just talk about wanting to win, my biggest concern for Gary Harris is that he's 6'4", 6'3 half. The league's getting taller and taller from the guard spots, and I think one of the big problems that he has as a defender and as an offensive player is he's just not very tall and – He's going to have to guard Kawhi Leonard in Six the playoffs. Four, not very tall. <laughs> small that guy is, man. Paul George. He's going to have to match up against the LeBrons and James Harden. And he's just he's just not big, yeah. big enough. Here's a tough question. Obviously, Mike Malone is a defensive focused coach, and that, you know that's part of his identity. But you could make the argument, and I assume that you would, that the Nuggets' ceiling with Nikola Jokic is about being an offensive juggernaut. And so I, is yeah. is that not the right combination? Well, so here's what I think. It, it's I always hate the cliches about defense wins championships for that reason because I think the only cliche is that defense and offense wins championships. Right. Yeah, that's right. not a that's not that's a teams platitude. Win yeah, teams good teams cuz you always look at, you know, the Phoenix Suns and teams would say the 7 seconds or less Suns like, well they didn't play defense. That's true. That's why they didn't win. They could have, but they didn't win. But nobody ever looks at the grit and grind Grizzlies and says, you know what they didn't do? Play offense. Right. But that's also why they didn't win. You right, have to right, have right, both sides. Right. Everyone just watched Patrick Mahomes offensively yeah. engineer yeah. a Super Bowl. Right. So, so Barely. Right and, and we're also talking about the Golden State well, Warriors who did have sense. good defense. The Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron had great offense, horrible defense. I mean, recently it has changed. But I think for the Nuggets, to your point, Ryan, they can be a team that no one can guard. Because Jokic is a player that just – he's like Steve Nash or Steph Curry. He breaks – tradition in a way that you have to be specifically designed to guard those guys and it's different than being designed to guard the other 29 teams in the in the league so offensively i do think that their best path to winning a championship is being the best offense in the nba but they still have to be a top 10 defense and totally yeah. but to me it's like mike malone and i i love mike malone but he is pretty married to keeping defensive players in the lineup. And, and a Gary Harris is a guy who yeah. he might see him miss, and he's like, yeah, but he you know, he gave full effort on the defensive end. Right. Torrey Craig is a guy who he likes. And it's just – it bears the question, would they be better having a coach who's thinking like, give me Jokic and four guys who can shoot? Yeah, I think there's one way to resolve this. And first part of this is on the front office. They gave him a bunch of ingredients. I mean, he's got 12 players that all deserve minutes. You can't play that many, so then he gets to pick which ones, and maybe he picks, to your point, the defensive option. Right. If a guy's like, you know, they're, they're the same, one's defensive, one offense, he always goes defense. 
But here's where I, here's where I really think the NBA is going and where I think the Nuggets themselves are heading. To me, individual defense is very overrated. Very, very overrated. Individual offense, extremely important. Individual defense is not team defense. You defend in the, as a team in the NBA. You have right. to switch. You have to cover for each other on the court. There's just so much movement. You're moving around more than ever before uh, and working in tandem ever than before. Length is actually the, the, the solution to this. And part of why I think Denver has done so well, Michael Porter Jr., not a great defender at the moment. But he's an impactful defender because he's six the last foot ten. He has to jump and get there. He'll jump and get there. And when you're shooting a three pointer and he's ten feet away but running at you, yeah. it feels like he's going to block <laughs> your shot. Whereas <laughs> when Gary Harris, six foot three and a half, is running at you, you're like, oh man, he, there's no chance. Even he's, if he gets here, in even time if he all. gets here, I'm going to be able to shoot over him. So now you look at Jeremy Grant, extremely long. You look at Michael Porter Jr. He's long. Malik Beasley, Will Barton, those guys are long. Torrey Craig, P.J. Dozier, these are the guys that have been playing and. The, they haven't These been great defen defensively individually, but you put five of them on the court together and you go, wow, look at all this length. That's the other one we need a team for, Dozier. I'm team Do – yeah, yeah. Mason yeah. Plumley and P.J. I mean, but that's going to happen, right? P.J. composure. P.J. PJ is going to be a cult hero anyway, so I don't need to drive that train. But Mason Plumley doesn't get enough love. <laughs> <laughs> so the Nuggets take on the Portland Trailblazers on Tuesday. Damian Lillard has been <sighs> – incredible these last Shut few him down. games i think he's been averaging around over 50 78 50 points, points 49 <laughs> a game yeah how do you think this denver team with with their key defenders hurt are gonna go do against them well i think gary harris will be in that game and i think tory craig will and what's interesting about both so we just spent all this time Fair talking enough. about yeah gary <laughs> i guess you have to you go back to last playoffs damian lillard was not Jokic was the best player in last year's playoff series between portland and denver C.J. McCollum was second best. Mm. Lillard might have been fourth, third or fourth or fifth best. Like he was just another guy in large part because of the job that Torrey Craig and Gary Harris did on him. So that was then. This is now. Yeah. Damian Lillard is currently scoring 50 points every single night for the last two weeks. So that's going to be, to me, that's what's so interesting about this is you're going to get a real look to uh, this tomorrow to see how impactful is Gary Harris actually. Can he actually shut down a red-hot Damian Lillard and if the answer is no he has a no impact maybe that does boost you up a little bit to say you know maybe we just don't need this guy if he does shut him down and Damian Lillard scores 50 points six games in a row and then he comes to this one and has 20 on bad shooting maybe you look at that and go all right maybe Turns we're undervaluing out. Gary Harris here because uh -huh. neutralizing a great player is very important or you look at that and get on the phones and say look at this guy <laughs> Gary Harris there hey you go. check him out uh, so then Got Denver, anyone who can shoot? <laughs> Denver takes on the Jazz, like we talked about. They just beat the Jazz, but this time it's on the road. Do you see the Nuggets being able to pull through again? What's interesting about that one is the trade deadline's Thursday. Yeah. And Denver's already so shorthanded with all the injuries. If they do make a trade on top of being shorthanded, they might have to go into that game with like eight active bodies. I love That's when that true. happens in yeah. the NBA, though. I love those nights. You're like, whatever, these are the guys we got. It's like a high school game all of a sudden. This, this You're playing both ways. Oh, wait, that always happens. This week in the NBA is always weird because there's always two or three teams that end up going in and you're like, oh, the Lakers are definitely beating the, the Hornets. And then it's like, oh, wait, nope, Lakers only have six active guys. And <laughs> a trade's going through. So Jokic gets four fouls pretty early in yeah. that game or something. And, and by the way, you Utah too, maybe Denver. Plum Ferry, crap, but baby. Utah also a team that could be in the trade market. So who knows? Maybe they're a team that is short guys. I feel like Denver fans though were expecting to drop either the Utah game or the Bucks game. Now that they won both of those, I feel like it, if they end up losing their yeah, but second, then they one, gave one back. Kind I mean, of. They were so short-handed on that game. But here, here's what I'll say: that was ugly. The, 
I'm so encouraged by that Utah and Milwaukee game. And it's funny. We've been doing this sort of in the group chat. Not the kind of things we've said publicly, but I'll say publicly now. The Nuggets, when they reach that top level, they really are a first-tier team. They just aren't there very often. But they've been there over this last little stretch, and it makes me think, okay, you get Jamal Murray back. You get Michael Porter Jr. back. If those guys all blend, that's a big if, but if those guys all blend – they're they're going to be a team that the story you, every, of the Pelicans. I was going to say the Avs yeah. do this same thing. Every, I've learned it yeah. this year. They can. Yep. There are nights where you watch the Avs play and you're like, no one can beat these guys. Nobody. They play like this. They will dominate every, every hockey every game, game they play. And there are other nights like, how do these guys beat anybody? <laughs> Hockey's weird incredible. though, and it's why we see upsets so much in the playoffs in hockey because it's not as. And I don't mean to simplify basketball, but the the net doesn't change. It's the ball doesn't change. You got to just shoot it in there. <laughs> in hockey, there's so many other things going on. Like you just hit a. There's just a guy in front of the net who can just block it the whole game. You know, like that's why you have those games where like, oh well, they they the process was good. They just didn't score. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun if we're getting to the abs or not here, but that was exactly the story of their last game. They dominated the first period. Couldn't score. A puck shot 10 feet wide goes banks off two players and into the net, and the Avs trail the rest of the game. Yeah, they were down 2-0 heading into that first intermission. Man, that game was so disappointing, especially because – Wait, really quick, before we go full Avs, can I just ask two more questions to Adam? Fine. (laughs) Get your nuggets in. I'll I'll approve. I'll approve. One, what's the biggest trade they could make? That is a great question. I – I don't think it's I don't think it's a big one like a lot of people think. I mean, Drew Holiday in theory that would be a huge thing, especially if you were able to retain Jamal Murray, so you had some sort of like Jamal Drew MPJ core with Jokic. Like that's a great great team. I just don't think it's going to happen. The other one that maybe is slightly more realistic, Robert Covington, a really good player who Roko. he's more of a, a role player, but he's the perfect role player Denver needs. They need length and shooting and defense, and he's an elite defender. He's six foot nine. And he's a very good spot up shooter. So he's sort of a he's sort of like a six foot nine bulky Tory Craig. Mm. Better shooter though. Better shooter. I think career he's like 38, 39%. But he's a lockdown defender. And where Tory Craig can lock down the Damian Lillards of the world or, or Donovan Mitchell, as we saw earlier this this week, Rocco can can lock up LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. And that's Denver's gonna if they're gonna get to however far they go in the playoffs, they have to go through those types. Right. And let's not forget about MPJ putting in some work against Giannis the other night. Oh, so impressive. And, and this is this month of, you know, the Nuggets season, I think, over the first two and a half months was kind of frustrating because they were the same team they were last year. And you're thinking, where's the growth? And MPJ wasn't playing. The injuries opened up an opportunity for him and some of the other stuff we've seen with Jeremy Grant this week. And this is it's been the most fun and rewarding one because you've seen MPJ go from a little pup that was making m- mistakes every time to a guy that was switching other players off of Giannis so he could guard him <laughs> and getting steals off of it. And it was like, oh, wow, look at this. A guy showing a little sign of turning a corner. Okay, the last question. Any updates on these injuries? When are they going to be back to full strength? So I think it's coming. Um, with Millsap and Plumlee, I wouldn't be surprised if it was after the All-Star break, which is in a week and a half. Just be safe. They're older, and if you're winning, you don't need them. But Jamal Murray, I think, will be back this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he played tomorrow. He awesome. was going through all of his paces every game, and to me, it looked like uh, against Utah, and it looked like he was 100% healthy. Are you like me? In, here's another question. Sorry. Are <laughs> you, you said, like me no, in you the said sense two. that you think that Jamal Murray might come back and find a groove? Oh, absolutely. So one of the things MPJ is so important to this team because he is a 43% six foot ten and a half 
super athlete. Mm-hmm. You have to guard him. You have to stick to him at all points because if you're not on him and he catches it, he just goes into a shot and he makes it every time. He's going to open up the court so much for Jamal Murray, the Jamal Murray-Jokic pick and roll. I really believe that Jamal Murray can have his best stretch of basketball once he returns. Maybe there's a little growing pains as he gets back in shape or whatever. My question, though, are they going to play together? Please and just start him and why, well, and never is, look back. And again, on. we all love Michael Malone. I think he knows what he's doing. And a lot of times, even with this, like we question him, and then months later, we're like, okay, he had the right call. <coughs> but the, one of the most frustrating, what made the first part uh, half of the season so annoying was that these guys were there. They just were never on the court together. And if that happened again in this Detroit game, by the way, Gary Harris playing 31 minutes, Malik Beasley, I think 18, Torrey mm-hmm. Craig, like 18 you worry that Malone is going to go to the lineups that, one, I don't think are the best, but two, they're the least fun. I just, you know, at the beginning of the season, I understood that Malone, there's a lot, they have so much depth, he wanted to give it to the guys who've earned it. But you've seen so much from Michael Porter Jr. And sometimes you just, we've seen it with other young basketball players in the league. Sometimes you just got to be thrown out there in any field. I feel like even in journalism and honestly any job. And it's so much easier to learn when you're actually playing the game in a real NBA setting rather than practice. Why not? Just give him – he uh, to me, he's earned to be playing – I know he's been playing more, but get some of these starts with these guys hurt. At the worst, he's the third best player on the team. He's got to play. It's like, it's like Kale was a super intern four months ago, and now we can basically not even operate without him. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like, well, hey, look, sometimes stuff happens, man. you got to roll with it. The thing <laughs> with MPJ, I would say, is that w- to your point about him being the third best, there's nights he's the second best. The, and, and, but there's also nights he's the eighth best. Right. For sure. So – I, it's hard to call him the third best player at the moment because he's like most rookies. This is no criti- uh, critique of him, but like most rookies, he's so hot or cold. But you, you talked about him. Pains. You talked about him being like more fun. Like I think no some, question. Well, and uh, but I think sometimes we as like journalists or even fans sometimes will be like, okay, it's more fun, but it's not the the best strategic outlet. But like there is an element. It's not just that he's more fun. It's that. When they're coming on the court with five guys and they're in a scoring rut and MPJ is not on the court, I'm wondering, where's the bucket going to come from? Yeah. How, we, how are we getting this done? If MPJ is out there on the court, I'm going, there are a lot of things that could happen. Anything could happen. And that it's not just about fun to watch the game. It's about the infinite. In, infinity <laughs> of infinitism of possibility. Yeah, yeah he sparks it, the off. He sparks Jokic. Right. There's no doubt that the Nuggets' best, like if you said, what's the best Nuggets game of 2020 look like? He's part of it. Yes. Like he just yes. elevates their ceiling. Yes. But if you also ask, what's the worst game? He's of also part of that. He might also he <laughs> might also be part of that. I it's, love those players. It's just a scenario where in in especially in today's day, day and age in the NBA, all that really matters is your ceiling. No, oh, no doubt about it. So no it's like it. you should be playing to try and capture the ceiling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on to the Avs, who everyone was so excited to finally <sighs> have. All right. I'm checking out. Adam has I to leave. I hate the Avs. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> just, I can't do hockey. I'm leaving. Um, Jokic won the week. Yeah, Adam sent me <laughs> a little spiel for his we'll uh, why Jokic won the week, but we'll it's get to that. pretty great week. Um. Not for the abs. <laughs> it was brutal, man. Yeah, what? we. It was been I was so le- happy for hockey. Days to be back. of no hockey, and then the abs come out against the Flyers in Philadelphia. It was predictable, Flat. but like man, especially because the Flyers um, had their star center who wasn't in that first game. 
Like fourth yeah. string goalie or whatever. It was against our <laughs> it third, was third string. Goalie. Goalie. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. wow. Um, but uh, all right. To the point, the Avs <laughs> lost to the Flyers 6-3 Saturday in their first game back from the long break. Yeah. So there are a lot of problems, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I believe the record this year coming off of this break for teams was 0-6-1 against teams that had already returned and were in the middle of their season. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. There's no reason to have the NHL schedule like this. It, it's even before this year, it was something like 60% of the time the team that had already returned wins these games. It's Why? very much a schedule loss. I Why is it like this? Sorry, a newbie question. Why the hell? Do I think this? I read that the Avs were the only team that had that long of a break yes, from game 10, to game 11. in the entire the Avs, league. The Avs schedule, they kind of got screwed on because they had the all-star break. And then they also had their NHL bye week, which is a minimum of four days without practicing uh, or playing. But that makes th- that shouldn't even be an yeah, option for the schedule makers. Right. It's insane that they back those two things together. It just should not be a thing, and it's ridiculous that it ended up happening. Because 10 days off is just too long. It is too long. And the abs, honestly, the first period, they didn't even look that rusty. But the second and third period, the defense was Damn. just brutal yeah. they just clearly had not played hockey in a well over a week <laughs> which in that second period though they did at least score some they finally got some goals in the net and then just at in the third in the final minutes that's when things just it, escaped them it just broke down I, yeah. ryan graves turned the puck over three times in the matter of a five second span kale mccarr turned the puck over that led to that a goal. was kale mccarr's worst game of his career that so was far crazy. straight up and the kid's great, but he's a human being, and he's going to have games And he was like rusty. That. Right, Again, exactly. Like we're talking about MBJ, it's just growing pains when you're a young player getting used to playing a professional sport. I was I'll say this, though. Yeah. This will prepare them for when they sweep the Western Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals I was go just seven say, games. This can happen to you in the playoffs. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I was there in 2007 when the Colorado Rockies were the hottest team in baseball and then had to wait – nine days between sweeping the NLCS and playing in the World Series. And it was funny because something similar happened to the Nationals this last year, and people thought maybe it was – and they still ended up winning. It was six days off, and I just – I don't know, man. A a week off versus a week and a half, two weeks off. One week off. We can all take a week. Anybody can take a week from their job. You get into that second week, you're like, how do I write articles and do podcasts (laughs) and stuff again? Like, I don't – Making the video for the Avs game was like, how do I do this right, again? Right, like, right, right. I, I had to make something a, a top story a couple of weeks ago. Remember when it was, I can't, oh, oh, it was with all the Nolan Arenado and Larry Walker stuff. I hadn't made a top story since October because baseball hasn't been especially relevant. I had to text Ryan like, wait, how do I do this again? <laughs> like, literally, I don't remember. And it's definitely that long of a break. And speaking of Kale McCarr having his worst game, game of the year so far, he was hurt for a part of the season and finally looked like he was getting back into a rhythm right before the yeah. break. The break comes and oh. on the whole, I do think the break will be a good thing for him. But the team... Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying Kale McCarr is a top-bearing defenseman in the NHL. Ryan Graves is absolutely an NHL defenseman. He deserves to be on the Avs roster every single night. 
Together, you are not getting the most out of those two. Mm. They need to be separated. Makar is too electric to be covering back for someone like Ryan Graves, who operates much better as a two-way defenseman. Jared Bednar sees him mostly as a defensive guy, but he loves to activate in the offensive zone. He has the second most goals of any Avs defenseman behind so Kale McCarr. like a 120-mile-an-hour shot. Right. Like, so, so who do you think would pair well with Kale? Someone like Sam Gerrard? Oh, I'm, give me that. We've seen <laughs> it. That's it hasn't come been on. good. That's I just what, doesn't that create a similar problem? That, that is a very similar problem. Because yeah. we've seen that combination before, and it hasn't gone well. What I would like to see, Eric Johnson has been significantly oh, better in the past couple of weeks. He was really struggling through a lot of the season. He's started to figure it out. He's starting to become more effective with the puck and rounding into his defensive game. Nikita Zadorov has been extremely consistent over the last 20 games. He's stopped the penalties, still not perfect, but been a much better player. I think if you can put EJ with Makar and Zadorov with Gerard, your defense is going to be a lot more consistent. When Kale Makar has an off night, that pair isn't going to be a black hole. Yeah. I love Zadorov Gerard together though. I like that. <laughs> I just like. I mean, is you want contrast? Yeah, right. With your defender, you, you get right. the big bruiser and Sam Gerard on that pair, and you get the veteran, experienced pick from Eric Johnson, and then the rookie of with Kale. Kale. So then Graves and Ian Cole. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. Cole is able to be the more defensive presence there, allowing Graves to do his thing a little bit more. I like it. I'm on board, Coach Rudo. Coach Rudo. You don't want to go there. <laughs> So after this long break, the Avs are now on a road trip. Obviously, they played in Philadelphia, but they have a few games in Canada taking on – or, nope, taking on the Buffalo Sabres. Basically and then Canada. Basically Canada. Basically Canada. <laughs> Canada. And then they hand, head to away. actual Canada to take on uh, Ottawa. What are you – And then to Columbus, which is also basically yeah. – So many Canadian-ish teams. And Can Minnesota, which also is also basically, basically Canada. Canada. Yeah. All right, so we've named all games that they're going to play on the road – what are you hoping they come out of from this game? Need to beat Buffalo, need to beat Ottawa. They're two very bad teams. The Avs should win against them every single time. Yeah, it's hockey. Anything can happen. Nathan McKinnon needs to be the MVP, Nathan McKinnon. This is a game, these really, those two games coming up are games that good teams find ways to win. And yep. you started off this road trip with a loss. You've lost the room for error now, so you have to win them. Yep. This should be a scenario where they f get their groove back against these it two teams. It absolutely should. 100%. Everything should be clicking. And I don't want to take anything away. There are some very good things that happened in this Philadelphia game. Nikita Zadorov picked up two points. He's always he a better producer in the second half of the season. Andre Burakovsky picked up two points. He's one goal away from a career high. He's continuing I to be he a He came nice out of presence. his funk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so you can lean on those type of things. Now you just need to, the guys that are supposed to be your stars to it's be It's star stars. time, dude. It's Wait, crunch time. Can like, we go back to the middle finger to the schedule makers? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All-star break, bye week, five-game five game road, road trip, trip yep. to oh. the east. And what is wrong with these people? Including well, the Canada trips where the abs are historically bad. That's a joke. I mean, <laughs> counterpoint, wouldn't you rather? Get I mean, if, I was going to say, if you're going to, if I'm going to do a long road trip, I want to do it after 10 days off. Well, I don't know. But I don't, here's, here's yeah. the thing. Okay. Yeah. They have the 10 days off. They played this Philly game. 
Then they have a two-day break. That's stupid. And then they have the rest of the road trip, and through the rest of the season, there's 32 games left. They have one two-day break left. That's it. How they, does, they did them dirty, man. How it's does brutal. that happen? But didn't you um, say before that they do have a <laughs> relatively easy schedule? They, into they do. The they have half, one of the so. easiest schedule as far as opponents are concerned. Yes. So this is Not a lot timing. of games that they should win. But And a lot of teams run into this problem with the NHL. It is what it is. They don't want to compete with the NFL, so they load their schedules up after the Super Bowl. It's wow. just what happens. But... You're not competing. You're not. You're already not, not competing a, yeah. with the NFL, right? And yet, this is how it goes. I, I mean, the same thing was with the. We just talked about the Nuggets having three back-to-backs in a row. Like, schedule making has been rough for the. I'm game sure it's this really year. hard, honestly, to be the schedule maker. Like, <laughs> oh, it's a brutal job. I Do you know the story? Have you seen the little documentary about the old couple that made the schedules for baseball for years and yeah. years and years before they handed it over to computers, and they were better at it. They were better at it than this. Wait, like I've never heard that. You story. should find. I'll see if I can find it and I'll send it to you. But yeah, there was like this little old couple that used to come up with the baseball schedules for, and that was like what they did. Their whole year was about figuring out the next year's schedule for all of the teams, and they were perfect, and they were the most adorable that people in the my world. Heart. It's oh my God. Allie, you'll love it. But, but then now it's done by computers that are supposed to be so much smarter. <laughs> this got into a weird trouble with the curve kind of conversation. <laughs> they took our jobs. They took our jobs away. They and gave them all to the analytics and then got rid of the scouts. Well, part of this for the Avs is the national recognition. It, it, right. A couple mm. years ago, they had Factum. three nationally televised games. Last right. year, they had seven. Right. This year, they have 12? 13. 13. So uh, it, that is certainly part of it. Game? They want to get the Avs into primetime slots because they're one of the best teams in the NHL. So the scheduling sucks, but the words behind it are certainly encouraging. Definitely <laughs> lucky for us with what's going on with <laughs> the uh, TV cable yeah. issues. Thankfully, oh, we have so many games to watch <laughs> them on national television. Figure it out, Comcast. That's I, all I, I as a law-abiding citizen, ha- will only watch 13 games this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or something like that. I almost forgot. I went into a sports I have direct bar. direct TV. I don't know about you right. guys. Yes. <laughs> Definitely direct TV. I, had total, I went into a sports else. bar in Lodo a couple of weeks ago, and we're like, yeah, no, we, we want to watch the game. And they're like, no, we, we have... Com-. I was like, are you... St- I totally forgot about it for a minute. They needed to they needed to make that move as a sports bar in Denver. Right. Come on. Ch- Just change it up. It. Yeah. Change it up. You're or missing 50% of the sports in this town if not more. So. Uh, what do you think of Groob's performance? It was bad. Six goals is is tough to paint. Never a good night. One was an open net. Well, never a good night when you're in debt for five goals. But a few of them were on the defense. A few of them were. They did him dirty. A lot of people were super worried about the fifth goal when the Hams were on the power play. He got beat clean. It was a bad goal. Didn't matter to this game. It did not matter. The much more important one was the goal at the end of the first period. The second goal the Avs gave up. They're four seconds away from getting out of the first, down one. It's a close game. Instead, he goes for his classic poke check that gets nothing done. His stick is floating in midair, and the puck goes right through him. And he's just got to get over it. He's got to find a way to... Keep himself from doing the poke, that poke check, check has turned into Varley leaving the net. Every time yeah, it happens, like, you're just like ah! full pants. You see, <laughs> the, you see group stick start to move, and you're like, no, no, no. Don't you have a count going? 
on that, on or the did poke you check, stop it I'd, because of how much it, it was happening? It's too frequent. It, no. There were, I think it was up to like nine or ten missed poke checks, and he finally hit a couple. You know what it reminds so me of? Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, John Lester, you know, the pitcher who can't yeah. throw to any base. Like, he's right. an amazing Dr. pitcher. Yips. Yeah, but, like, if the ball is hit back to him, like, every fan of the Cubs or before that, the Red Sox just go, no, no, no. <laughs> he has to throw to a bag. I always, I never understood why anyone ever didn't just try. Just bunt, bunt at him every bunt play. every play. I don't get it either. I'm with you. Why, why has no one tried? That, that drives And I realized that, like, there's some analytical people being like, no, you never bunt. Well, right. If he's on the mound, you bunted him until he throws it's it to first. It's a different situation. It's not I'm, – I'm totally – is there a football player who does this who's, like, super amazing but can't do one? Like, Rajon Rondo was an amazing point guard who couldn't shoot. Now he can. Now the guy's, like, a 40% three-point shooter. I tuned in the other night. I was like, what Yeah, the that's hell? called the LeBron effect. Well, yeah. it's also just like <laughs> – Even Ben Simmons could not hit a three. Well, yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah. ben Simmons right. refuses he to even shoot him. It's the first. same thing as Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah. So, like, are there football players who just, like, they can't – I guess, no, it's too specialized, right? Well, you have to do your job. Yeah, the Buffs had a quarterback who we all love, Sefa Lufau, who really struggled Aww. throwing to his Seth. left. Oh, okay, yeah, something like that. I guess Tim Tebow was the biggest example. Yeah, of this, right? I mean, the guy great quarterback throw. who couldn't throw. <laughs> coming, coming out of college, like, the mark, the knock on Lamar Jackson was outside of the numbers. He didn't even attempt to throw there, really, in college. He was a run first or an inside-the-numbers sure. guy. But now he does now that, he so there's throw. not yet. Yeah. We we talk about this a lot on the, the hockey, Pete. Matt Nieto <laughs> for the Avs, who's a depth player for them, is this close to being a 25-goal, top-six elite player just not quite good enough at shooting. Yeah. He does everything else great. Carl Soderberg was a, a forward who couldn't score. Uh, yeah. He, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, he figured it <laughs> that out. That was I a Brandon Spano take. Yeah. <laughs> it, he's doing all right in Arizona now. But Val was a was a yeah, Val was a absolutely forward a score. forward who couldn't score until he could. And now he can <laughs> quite a bit. Brandon Spano had this uh, – this he he's admitted that an irrational it, hate irrational hate for Carl Zoderberg last year during the playoffs and when we would watch games with him we'd be like what are you talking about stop he's like he's got to go he's done he's Get him done out of here. my whole take stop. was like the the crazy thing about hockey is you have to play all your backups every game yeah right <laughs> so it's like you you can't just be like oh just give the puck to McKinnon why are they giving it to Soderberg yeah McKinnon is going to play less than half the game right. every night which is so just, it, it makes hockey I mean, people talk about football, the ultimate team game, which is true in its own way. But, like, hockey, you actually have to use your whole team almost every night. I mean, on Brandon's take, the Evs did get rid of Soderbergh, and they <laughs> ended up with Nazem Kadri in that spot. Yeah, that's so a, so a, a, a little bit of an upgrade. Fair enough. A little bit. Just, Fair enough. Just a touch. So maybe he was right all along. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But the Evs, that's one of the key differences from last year is, yes, you do have to play all your backups, and their backups are significantly better this year. Their backups, they're not going to show up every single night, but on a far more consistent basis, they've been getting production out of them. They didn't get it against Philadelphia. Their second line was the only consistent producer, and then thankfully Miko Rantanen got on the board, who is someone that the ass desperately need yeah, more. Pick it up. Pick it up. Uh, you mentioned Eric Johnson earlier, how he's been getting more involved. Yep. You know, do you think he goes to Green Mountain Dental Group? 
I, he needs to. Have you seen his teeth without his bridges in? Oh, man. Yeah, I think he, he needs to go visit our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. And so do you guys because they're giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply just have to take care of your teeth. And Green Mountain Dental Group is going to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week? So I feel like last week's who won the week was was really difficult. Guys. Yeah, it was a tough I, decision. You know, it was nail biter. I don't I don't know who Love it. Who won? <laughs> Just kidding. It was Larry Walker. <laughs> Everyone voted for Larry Walker. Wasn't that their only choice? <laughs> I guess that's true. But everyone in the comments also said Larry Walker. It was the only choice. It was one mm. it was one of the Sounds greatest moments in the history mm. of Colorado sports. Mm. It's like something like that happened this week. It's almost like something like that happened this week. <laughs> There's only one option this week. It is Steve Atwater. I don't want to hear any other arguments. I'm glad Adam left because I don't want to hear his argument either. I have either. his argument. And no matter what anyone says steve atwater has won this week and actually i'm glad that there's going to be another candidate so we can see just how badly he blows the nine percent so should we make this poll only uh no it has to be three steve atwaters and one but then that separates oh we don't want atwater to split the vote with himself we can add the percentages together one person who votes for Jokic. it's fine Okay, so, so Drew, do you do I even need a timer for this? Steve one? Atwater won the week uh, because he's going into the Hall of Fame, and he's a really nice guy who could kill you, but only if you're on the football field. That's the only time he would ever do any damage to a person, and there he will do all of the damage to you. Steve Atwater wins the week, all the weeks, all the weeks forever. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, I, I don't have to say anything else. Steve, Steve Atwater. Atwater wins the week. Uh, Larry Walker, SpongeBob. Oh. That one last week. That, <laughs> oh, that was one thing that last no, week people said was uh, Larry Walker or his shirt specifically. Yeah, that no. shirt is so awful. Obviously, two weeks ago. obviously Steve you. Atwater wins the week. The Avs are literally over a decade away from their next Hall of Fame inductee, so I don't get to experience this oh, joy brutal. for a while. Who's next? Probably yeah. McKinnon. Wow. Okay, that, wow. That's what happens when you go into a lull for that long, yep. I guess. You that's... don't think Hage Duke will make it? Hey, Duke, no. He hauled a very good, for sure. Oh. oh. Sorry. Big bummer. I'm sad. Feel sad. <laughs> All right. I do. number ha- retired by the Avs, don't <laughs> yeah. he? Yes. Yeah. I do have Adam's take. Jokic wins the week. He was He's 27, 9-9, 56% from field, 43% from three-point range, wins against Utah and uh, the Bucks. down three starters, worst stretch of schedule in the NBA, and he carried them. Maybe the rest, the best regular season week of his career. All of those things are true. Up. Not, that's not even a trip dub. Whatever. Get out All of, here. of those <laughs> things are true, and it's unfortunate that he went up against a juggernaut this week. It's it brutal. is unfortunate. He also should have had a buzzer beater if if you uh, ask I'm me. saying, no buzzer beaters. You're going up against King Kong this week, man. <laughs> I'd have gone with Will Barton getting 24 points and eight assists. That's <laughs> but Steve won the week. Congrats to Steve. Steve. Well, I'm going to congratulate Steve. him in yeah. advance for next week when he is officially crowned the winner of this week. I didn't have a chance to mention this um, during our first segment where we were talking all about Steve, but our very own Andrew Mason has a great relationship with Steve. I was just overhearing in the office some of the podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast and the stories that uh, Mace was telling. So if 
you're an Atwater fan, I do recommend listening to the Broncos pod for today because it sounded like there were some awesome stories. And make sure you subscribe to the actual the Denver Sports Podcast feed because we're going to be dropping in uh, our some of our movie podcasts yes. as we're doing movie week here at DNVR. Make sure you check out the bracket on Twitter. It's going to be really fun. People, you People can get mad, mad about it. Do not <laughs> let Space Jam win. Don't let it happen. I've never seen Rudo this angry, passionate about something besides the Avs beating the Red Wings. And here you go. It's it's insane. Mighty Ducks. I'm gonna. I'm never gonna let Drew live down. I'll feel that so bad. <laughs> I already feel. That's the first round matchup. I feel worst about. <laughs> Anyways, make sure you subscribe so you can listen to those podcasts because I think they're gonna be pretty good. Yeah, we're talking movies all week. Oscars coming up on Sunday, and just having some fun on Twitter. If you're mad that your team may lose, go vote for them then, and just campaign like your my team, favorite your movie. Your movie. Um, your team in your movie probably. For, See, my favorite movie is Invincible, and I don't think they're going to beat Rudy, but you know who's going to be campaigning like I am at this exact moment? Go vote for them. Um, The polls are going to last until the end of the day, so be sure to get your votes in, and we will see you all next week.